everyone, I'm Ari, here with Rachel, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. This week, we're on episode 171, and we are joined by a guest as we ask the question, do writers need to be on social media? Before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, if you haven't already, and if you enjoy our show, do please share it with friends and feel free to write a review. Please help us welcome our guests for today, E.A. White, to the show. Erin, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me here. I'm happy to be here. Uh, now, before we get into the topic, would you like to tell everyone why you wanted to discuss writers being on social media? Yeah, so I think it's just such a pertinent conversation in today's day and age. Social media is a really big driving factor in a lot of sales these days. And marketing in general just looks so different than it used to. And it's still kind of an emerging category, I guess, for a lot of people. So just helping authors and writers through what that might look like. I like the point you said about how different it is. I am in my fourth decade. So I remember a time back before there was social media it's like if you wanted to be a writer first of all there wasn't self-publishing it's like you had to go towards traditional publishing or you know the vanity presses that sort of like sharked around after people but there wasn't social media and it's still this changing growing thing so it is something that needs to be thought about and it just it does weird me out sometimes that there was a time before social media because it, it seems so prevalent now but yeah it is it's just it's just a weird thing I, whenever i think like that it's just like yeah there was a time before like facebook well yeah that's the thing because facebook came out when i was 13 i think and i was so excited because i was finally able to create an account with my parents' permission, of course. But it was like this brand new thing and it was awesome. And I never thought that I would be doing it for, you know, my career someday. I mean, even think about the podcast and The Merry Writer as a whole. It started off as a hashtag game on Twitter in 2018. It is now 2023 and my Twitter account is deactivated because screw Twitter. No offense to anybody that likes Twitter. <laughs> So true. Twitter. It was, just, it was good, but now it's just it's just a horrible, horrible place. And mine's still active, but I don't go in it. Anyway, let's digress back into social media that we should be using. And let's dive into the topic with our first question, which is how important is social media to writers in this day and age? I, th I thought this was a bit of a funny question when I was answering it, because it's sort of like it does short answer depend on your goals, but probably if your goal is simply just to have a book published, then it doesn't really matter if you're on social media or not, because your goal isn't impacted by sales or by notoriety. But if you are looking to build an income off of book sales, then it's incredibly important. The longer answer to that is that social media has kind of become this touch point between producers and consumers for pretty much every product you can ever imagine at this point. For better or for worse, there's this new level of accessibility to previously unaccessible parties. Authors specifically, I think definitely used to be more of these, like, you have like your little writer in the attic kind of idea where like nobody knows who they really are. They just have books on a shelf and you know what their name is and that might not even be their real name. But now it's like, yeah, it's become very expected that people are on social media and you have this access to know who people are. It's also the quickest way to gain visibility with an audience. Typically for marketing, you don't just throw a product out and hope that it lands with the right people. You want to build an audience or build a community and then sell that product to them. And so social media is the easiest and often cheapest way to do that. Like there are other methods for marketing and advertising, but it can 
can cost a lot of money. And so social media costs you time, but it doesn't necessarily cost you money all the time. I actually like that you mentioned the cost of social media because you're right, it is free. Unless you're paying for ads or you're paying for a third party social media scheduler, social media is 100% free and it is time consuming. So yes, absolutely. I guess in a way, some people say that time is money. So I guess you can take that as you will. But it's true. And it's pretty, I don't want to say social media is simple because each social media platform is vastly different from the other one. And it's it's a constant learning curve and they're always growing and things like that. But it is, as you said, it is the quickest way to get visibility. And I also think, I can't say for certain because I haven't been traditionally published. I've only been self-published. But I want to say that if you start querying to agents and publishers, they might look at your social media to see what kind of a following you have. And if you only have like 50 followers and you're getting very little engagement or you're rarely posting on your social media platforms, then they might not even really look at your book. Because if you're not putting the work into getting it seen, then kind of what's the point in a way? Yeah, I think it definitely depends on the agent for that. But it can have a huge impact where like, I know some people, mostly celebrities who have a huge following who had never considered writing a book. And people approached them to write a book because they already had a following. Conversely, Carly Waters is an agent with PS Literary. And she makes it very clear that she doesn't really care what your social media following is. She just wants to know that you're invested in doing the work to write a great book and to help with promoting that book in whatever way that you can do that. And so that doesn't necessarily mean social media, but often that is what it comes down to. Well, that's it. We always say that an author website is one of the most important things because it's the single hub that you have control over. But other than that, if someone Googled you, you know, your website would come up. But if you are on social media, that automatically gives you more places that people can find you. And because so many people are on social media, if they find an author or they hear about some author that they like, that's probably one of the first places they are going to check. It's like if you've ever Googled yourself, I mean, I I know I don't like doing that. It's, It's not a good thing. If you go onto different search engines and you Google your your author name and then you see what comes up, I found that my website is the top on one or two search engines, but not on all of them. My social media is at the top, even though I think my website is the one I'm most active on. So even that is not only is it free, but the the fact that you are, you're often found on search engines and we are still, no matter what generation you are, because I mean, what, Facebook came out whenever it comes out, when Rachel was 13. And then you add, I have no idea because I didn't go on to Facebook until like 2016. I was very late to join any of this. But then there was like Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram. And now you've got TikTok. And I'm sure there's some other thing that I don't even want to think about that's coming out beyond you know, so you've got the younger generation who are on TikTok and you've got the older generation on Facebook and then people in the middle on Instagram. So it's kind of nice that you've got this overall connection anyway with different people. So I kind of like that. Right. And at like, as Aaron said earlier, depending on your goal, you may or may not need to use social media to necessarily promote your book. You can obviously go on social media and say, hey, look at this thing I wrote and make those connections with other writers and readers. But obviously, it, it ultimately depends on your goal. And for me, I got to say, I'm kind of at the point in my writing career where I don't necessarily want it to be a career. I just want to write for me and have fun with it because I enjoy it. 
and I do want to publish my work, but in terms of sales and reviews, I don't really care about that stuff anymore. But for the sake of this podcast episode, I'm going to ask you, Erin, what impact can social media have on the success of a book? For sure. So in many cases, social media can really make or break the success of a book, especially self-published works, because you don't have publishing houses doing any of that work for you. And even side note, traditionally published books, you don't get a huge marketing team when you publish, but they at least have the notoriety that you're publishing through them. People follow those websites and you get a little bit of notice that way. But circling back, social media can have a huge impact on the success of a book. One example of this, I don't know if anyone's heard of the author Stacey McEwen. She just published a book, I believe it was last fall called Ledge. And she's pretty big over on TikTok. And I think from what I remember, she started just posting like really funny TikToks about like making her husband into the perfect book boyfriend or like little funny clips like that. And part of that was to promote her own book she was querying at the time and she got to the point where she was just like you know what this is going nowhere I'm just going to self-publish my book instead and so she was reaching her audience that way and when she was starting to do her pre-orders for that book an agent found her on TikTok gave her a timeline I think it was like 30 days or something so she reached out to Stacey McEwen and was just like hey give me 30 days and I'm gonna get your book traditionally published and it she did it was a huge thing and I think for all of her followers on TikTok it was really cool to see that like she'd given up on traditional publishing to do self-publishing and by doing that she actually ended up traditionally publishing anyways because of social media so that's just one example of that but I think social media is also how a lot of people garner information about what's out there. So going back to TikTok, that is kind of the driving force in book sales right now. So I think Light Lark by Alex Astor has been a bit of a controversial book in terms of its upbringing. And I won't get like super into that, but she did pretty much all of her promotion herself on TikTok. And I remember when that book was coming out, I saw it everywhere and it was pretty much just her on TikTok's talking about it. And it came out recently, I think within this year, but it also got her, I think like a three movie deal and like a multi-series deal. It was huge. And yeah, it's the kind of thing that it's, she didn't have a team. She just had herself and that's what it can get you. So yeah, I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> just a couple examples. Also, Brandon Sanderson, I know he's a bit of a, he's already established, but the fact that like he's established and he could self-publish four more books in a year just because of having those touch points. I think if anything, what we can take out of social media in terms of making our books successful with sales and reviews and readers and all that fun stuff, it's that you have to put the work into it. And sometimes, yes, things can happen accidental. I'll say accidental in quotes. And you create like this really funny video that becomes viral and people swarm to it. But social media is not just creating a pretty picture and saying, hey, I wrote a book, go check it out. Here's the link. You have to actually have a plan and work for it. Whether you have a team behind you that you hired yourself or a traditional publishing house behind you, or if it is just you, you got to take the time and engage with your audience and 
really be excited about your book. And I think that's something that's difficult for many writers is that we don't get as excited about our books because of imposter syndrome. And we've discussed that to the ends of the earth. But yeah, it's like there's a certain kind of confidence that has to come with being on social media that will impact the success of your book. And honestly, like book talk and TikTok, it makes me wonder what's going to happen after TikTok. Because like with most social media platforms, they have their hype and then they slowly decline as something new comes into the picture. And I think we're going to have TikTok for many years to come, but it does make me wonder how that's going to grow and evolve over time. Yeah, it's actually a really interesting conversation because I was looking at some of the information in the publishing industry in general and the fact that bestseller lists are becoming less useful. I think there was there's one of the New York bestseller lists that's actually like on hold right now. They're not yeah, they're not posting on it because so much of book sales now are from social media and not from people checking lists like that. And now you see on TikTok, I think there was recently like a new option that was added or a new feature where you can actually purchase directly from TikTok posts. And we saw that happen with like Instagram too. Like that was a huge thing when it was just building up. Yeah, the fact the publishing industry is now learning how to leverage social media to promote book sales rather than falling back on more traditional methods that they have used in the past. I think marketing is one of those things where most authors hate because... First of all, most writers are either introverted or shy or just like Rachel said, we have imposter syndrome and the idea of being like, hey, buy my book. This is my book. This is what it's about. I mean, that's hard enough. Actual marketing, just like writing the elevator pitch, writing the blurb, trying to explain what your book's about without sounding like a lunatic. So then throw in actual marketing where you have to then say, look what I've made. I think you should buy it. That's so difficult. As you said, marketing has changed. And the the fact that social media is free and it's out there that you can leverage so easily. Well, okay, I say easily. I mean, easily, and it's not hard to post something. You press a button, you slap a picture on, you write some words, you press send or publish, whatever it is. It is more than that because obviously you have to think about what you put in and and, and like sort your times and dates and think about your time zones and blah, 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 blah. But marketing is such a horrible thing for most writers. It is still surprising if I find an author and I I Google because I love I love my Google when I'm like I'll check I'll check what they're doing see what they are like, I want to stalk these people and I'll hopefully find a website because I get very upset if I don't find a website but then I will always go and check social media as someone who doesn't like social media I will still check their social media and follow them and it shocks me how many people aren't on any now obviously not having a go because I hate social media and there's been times where I'm like eh, I'm not not doing it anymore wipe my hands of it sick of it but it is such a good system especially if you're releasing a debut book if you are unknown because like if you're a known author because there's some big author names that i follow and they're not on any social media but you can get away with that if you're a big author if you're somebody that no one's heard of you need to build that brand and social media is good for that and i don't know it's just it surprises me that it's still treated so badly and again this is someone who's, who's who does not like social media but i still use it 
when the two anthologies I was in came out, I very much went on the different social media platforms and I worked as much as I could to get the story out. And I'll also be honest, I'm on Instagram a lot. The number of books I've spotted and added to my TBR list from Instagram, not from Amazon, you know, like, oh, this person liked these books or not from a bookshop, because let's be honest, how many bookshops are still around? There's none in our town. I have to go to Belfast to see a bookshop. There's nothing in our town. We do have a library, a very small library. But yeah, so it's not you can go walking around a bookshop and see a book because a lot of places don't have them anymore because they've been closing down. But having them as you're on your scroll and you're going through or as you said, like on TikTok, I am on TikTok watching animal videos. But every now and then a, a book talker gets in there. Don't know how they do it, but they, they slide in. And again, I have found some really fun books from BookTok. It was. It was because some really good visual, and especially because a lot more writers are being more thoughtful. Like, they don't just put a picture of the book cover up. They'll put enemies to lovers and quest and found family. And it's like, oh, I like that. Yeah, I like those. And it kind of gets you in. So, sorry, I don't know where that went. I'm just tangent enough right now. But yeah. No, I want to piggyback on that for a second and kind of flip the topic on its head for a minute, because I still go to Barnes & Noble all the time, and I prefer to find my books in a bookstore or at the library. I don't really scroll through Amazon or once in a while I will Goodreads, but I don't often, I mean, I'm on BookTok as well, but I don't often like find too many things because my the algorithm for me is all over the place. It's ridiculous. But I like going to Barnes Noble and when you go to the bookstore, they often have a table that says hashtag book talk. And it's all the books that are currently popular on TikTok right now. And I want to, I'm going to direct this at both of you. Do you guys think that social media can actually have a reverse effect on the success of your book? I think it could depend on how it's done. And that's mostly down to the author. This is my opinion. I have seen people present books a certain way. And then you find out it's like, oh, this is, it's got this, it's got this, it's got this. It's for these people. You know, it's like a YA or it's a new adult or it's, it's for this type. If you like this and this and this book, you'll like this. And then you read it and you're like, where did you get any of that from? This is a middle grade book with none of those themes. And it's definitely not up there with like Sarah J Mass. What are you talking about? And I think, and, and sometimes I do believe people do that because they follow trends and they're chasing the fame or the popularity or the, it's like, well, oh, my favorite author did it, so I'll do it. And they, they kind of manipulate. It's like the same using the wrong hashtags to catch people's attention. It annoys people because if you're looking for something specific, you're looking for a, um, a sci-fi book or a high fantasy and you're finding hashtags and people are pulling up and then actually you've got in there some sort of, I don't know, some book that's got nothing, you know, it's, it's a contemporary romance or it's a historical thriller. And it's like, well, I didn't ask for that. It's not a historical thriller in Middle Earth. It's a historical thriller in London. That's boring. I'm not interested. And I think that can go against you because that can then piss people off. And then when people are pissed off, they talk. It's like negative reviews. People will not review positively as much as negatively. You piss someone off, they will go out of their way to negatively review you, to tell everybody how much they're annoyed at you. So that's my thought. I think that's a very interesting question because I don't know if I can think of a book or a book series or an author that was like legitimately canceled by social media. I agree with Ari that your content has to hold up to the way that you're marketing it. And if it doesn't, that's not good. But it's still like 
if you go viral on book talk how many book sales are you getting from that and you don't get those reviews until all of those books have been purchased so yeah it might negatively impact your longevity for book sales but you're going to get a huge spike at the beginning which might actually pay off your advance or pay off however much you put into that book which is still kind of a positive thing i know there's been some drama with like certain authors like I know a few years back Cassandra Clare had that huge thing about like plagiarism in some of her City of Bones books of course she was still established at that time and she had lawyers to help her deal with that but the fact that it's that was a time when an author could have been cancelled because that's a legitimately problematic thing if it's true that she was plagiarizing certain work but I think it's also people don't really talk about that anymore and that was I think a few years in in the making of like all of that happening and she's still a really famous author she still publishes a ton of books and in some ways negative feedback on books can actually make them more popular twilight was huge with that so many people hated it and they purchased books to burn them and i'm just like you realize that you're still supporting the author by purchasing the books right <laughs> That's crazy. Buying the book, like the idea of burning books, it kind of makes your skin crawl because that's one of those things where you, I don't, eh, yeah, it's not one of those things that you should associate with civilized societies. Oh, burning books, the idea of going, going out and buying a book you don't like. I mean, I didn't like Twilight. I read one book because my friend really liked it. I was like, read these. And as someone who writes vampire fiction, it was like, oh my God, no. No, but I would never have bought the book and then burned the book. I wouldn't, I don't know. I didn't even leave a negative review because it was kind of like, this is so not for me. It wasn't, it didn't feel right to leave a negative review. I hadn't chosen the book myself to read. It was more that I was pressured to read it. So I didn't feel right tearing the author apart. And the fact that other people liked it, you know, in the end it's subjective. So that's it. But wow. Yeah. Oh my God. People are morons. Not everyone, but. My Zoom glitched out for me and reset. So I, uh, please proceed with the episode. <laughs> I kind of, Erin, I'm so sorry. I missed a good chunk of your answer. <laughs> so you guys, so Ari, you can just continue on if you want. That's fine. We will, we'll bounce to the next question. Okay. With that, we're going to move to our next question, which is how can writers best engage with other writers and readers on social media? Because I suppose it's not just, obviously we, we want to get our readers. It's very important, but I think connecting with writers is important too. So yeah. What's the best way to engage? I think this is a great question and it could be like a whole episode in and of itself, probably multi episodes if we're being honest. I do want to acknowledge though, like it has been brought up before, social media is presented as like, oh, this is the easy way to do marketing. And it's easy in the sense that it's accessible. It's not easy in the sense that it's still marketing. And if you don't have experience in marketing or like education in it, it's still kind of like a foreign concept. So I have like a few points just to kind of like break it down that I hope will make it feel less. Oh, you have to have a whole marketing campaign for promoting your books because it's really like, that's not what people go for, right? They want to get to know you as an author. That's kind of the most important thing. So that being said, I think the first point is just to be genuine, be yourself, talk about the things that you like. There's been a huge 
shift. I think like when social media first started out, it was very authentic. It was very much like, this is just me living my life. And you get really random like Facebook statuses. That's like, I am currently eating a pizza and you're like, okay, great. (laughs) But so it was that. And then it got monetized essentially as all social media platforms do. And you're seeing ads. There was this huge push towards paid marketing on social media. And now I think it's shifted back to people really being like, I don't want to be sold something when I come on here. I want to get to know people. And so from that perspective, like, yeah, just be yourself, just be present, talk to people that you have similar interests with. So yeah, point one, point two, the summary of it is don't do it if you're not doing it well. That sounds really negative. But what I mean by that is it's better to choose one specific platform and do it really well than it is to have 12 social media platforms on everything that exists and never using any of them. Because just having a profile doesn't really get you very far. And it can actually bury you deeper if you're on platforms and not using them. Yeah, I just like, I chose Instagram. That's my favorite. I do a lot of research on how Instagram works and I still don't do it very well, (laughs) but I think I do it better than I do TikTok. I do it better than I do Twitter because I really don't like Twitter. So yeah, just choose one, especially if you're just starting out, just choose one. And if you feel like you can add more, do more. I have a quick question to interject here. I have heard, I do agree with you, by the way, about just choosing the one platform and sticking with that and putting your heart and soul into that one. But I've also heard that you should, especially when a new social media platform comes out, you should create an account and claim your name. Even if you don't use it, you might use it in the future or something might happen to the platform you're on and then you need to switch platforms for whatever reason. Do you agree with that? Just creating an account, grabbing your name and then just letting it sit? I think that's an interesting question. I think it just really depends on what you want because at that point, I would say you're probably already doing some kind of rebrand if you have to switch platforms. So you could just as easily stay on the same platform and use a different name or like a slight variation on your name. I think that if you really want to stay consistent, like my social media handle on all three of the platforms that I'm on are slightly different because it just wasn't available on all of them. So yeah, that's definitely an option. But personally, I don't think it's that important. Yeah, no, that's fair. Because I've heard that people are always like, it's easier to find you if they can just Google your name and then every single one of your social media platforms pop up. Obviously, if I mean, mine's different too. My Instagram is different from what my Twitter was and from what my TikTok is and everything like that. So if people tried Googling my name, I don't know if they would see everything because some of my usernames are so vastly different from the other platforms. So the whole point of that piece of advice was to make sure that people can find you everywhere. But it's like, why do I want people to find me everywhere if I'm not everywhere? (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And so, I mean, like, there are some people I know who are, like, literally on every social media platform and very engaged on every social media platform. And I'm just like, I don't know how you have the time for that because I can barely find time to be like, oh, yeah, I should probably think about what I'm posting this week on Instagram alone. (laughs) So yeah, definitely. It's an option. Some people use it. Personally, I don't because I get really overwhelmed. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) All right. So I will continue on with some of these points under how best to engage with writers and readers. So I think kind of another point on that is to create community. I think that especially when you're starting out, 
the most important thing, honestly, is to have friends, to have people that you can fall back on when you're like, wow, my writing sucks. Or like, <laughs> I don't know. Instagram, I found the reason I like it so much is because you find great community on Instagram. I stopped using Twitter because people got really mean because so many of the industry professionals that I found on Twitter were very condescending and demeaning of like, oh, well, you don't know this. You should know this. And it's like, okay, but I just started. And Instagram is great for finding people at the same place as you or people who are ahead of you who can help mentor you with a lot of your questions. And so just like, yeah, connecting with people based on your likes and based on what you're looking for on that platform and just being yourself and talking to people. And honestly, for Instagram specifically, that is what will get your posts more shown. The more that you engage with people with like commenting, liking, sharing, those kinds of things actually boost your own posts too. So don't just do it just to boost your own posts because Instagram doesn't like that either, but do it like genuinely and talk to people and get to know people. That's probably honestly the best thing to do. Just a couple other points is this is very marketing based, but like focus on your niche. So while you can connect with people and talk to people with like, you like dogs, but you're writing about like fantasy, you want to post about things that are within your niche. So if you're writing about fantasy, you're talking about fantasy on your platform, you're sharing posts about fantasy, those kinds of things. That's a very vague description, <laughs> but yeah, just kind of know like who are you targeting when you're creating that platform. I kind of go for a mix of like writers and readers because I'm sort of in this weird in-between stage. Yeah, I don't know. Just know your goals when you create accounts and then and focus on maintaining those goals, I think is sort of where that comes from. And I guess the last point I have here is just to to start early. You, I don't have any published books. I still have Instagram and I'm still talking to writers. And it's because you don't need to have a product to build community. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier with one of my answers of you don't just throw a product on the market and hope that it lands with the right people. If you're building that community before you even have something to share, then by the time you do have something to share, you have the people to share it with. And if you're really engaging with people and making those connections, they're going to be really excited for you when that thing comes out. And that's just even better for you because they're going to share it too. So yeah, if you have the time and the energy, start now. And most of that work will be done for you by the time you need it. I think the thing when you said about being genuine and how it was like that originally, people were just chatting away, sharing life, things like that. And not even with the ads or anything, but just like the number of people who seem to suddenly start how am I going to say this? I know we're pushed to, you know, curate the perfect image and everything's like branding and colors. And, you know, it has to be eye catching to the point where you've had people who have bought expensive pieces of furniture just to put them in a certain corner of their house for their photos, because it then has this brand aesthetic. And you can usually spot people like that and, and how inauthentic that is. And I have always found that the people who just chatted, the people who just randomly shared things always seemed more uh, it seemed to catch my eye more and even with myself when I got to a point with social media because I'm on Instagram most of the time I at one point got caught up in the whole yeah you have to have like a system and a pattern and you have to post on this many days at this many times you have to use your branding colors and it really took the fun out of it. And then you got obsessed with like, oh my gosh, right, okay, well, I've put these these sort of images up. So then I need another type of image. Oh, I haven't got one. Oh, right, I'll have to specifically go and find one and all this. 
and it became more ob- more obsessive to make it look a certain way than actually what you were sharing and who you were talking to. And then I decided to just throw all that out the window. And then I came back and I literally put a message up saying, I am just going to post as and when really randomly about the stuff I'm interested in. I'm not going to, I'm not always going to put my blog posts up. I'm not always going to put the podcast episodes up because sometimes I just forget or come up late or it'll go on the stories. And I've had more interaction since I stopped trying so hard. And yet we're pushed. There's so many things where it's like, make sure your branding's on point. Make sure your graphics are like stunning. Make sure this is it. Have you got the perfect caption? And it's like, let's be honest, who reads the caption? Honestly, I read a few if I really feel caught with it. But nine times out of 10, I'm looking at the picture going, oh, cool. And then only afterwards you realize that wasn't their photo. That's not their dog. That That's some stock photo of a dog. And in their caption, they're talking about the, they really like dogs, but they don't have a dog. But if they got a dog, it might be this dog. And you're thinking, I only liked it because I thought it was your dog. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah, it's it's so much of it is is this kind of there isn't a lot of authenticity. And the ones who are, you really feel it. And the same with like comments and community, like you said, community is so important. I mean, the reason the Merry Writer podcast exists is because when Twitter was not shit, I know that's hard to believe. There was a very small window when it was not shit. And we started to run the game. And within two months, I think that's when I brought you in, Rach, because I was struggling because we had like 50 people playing the game. And it was like, I can't go. And it was brilliant because everybody was talking. So we'd put up the question. In case you don't know, it was a hashtag game. We had a a month of questions and we would ask a question every day and put it out there. And then writers and readers would answer it. And everyone would interact with each other. So somebody would put an answer up and somebody else would put their answer up and then respond to that person's answer and it was wonderful I mean half the guests on this podcast have been people we used to play the game with we were reaching out going do you want to be on the podcast like yeah and it was wonderful and then by the end was it 2020 we left the podcast range we'd been playing the game for a couple of years and we noticed that some of the people obviously a lot of people started to leave Twitter and then there was no community people were answering the question and that was it it was like they were running in throwing up their own answer and then darting away they didn't check on anybody else's stuff they didn't interact with each other and I think that's when we decided that it was time to leave Twitter and that and and I've noticed that like with Instagram it's so much more fun if you leave comments and then you get people responding to your comment and then you respond to their comments and there is this nice kind of chit chat but then you get others where you'll leave a comment and there's like 10 comments and that person has an answer they've asked a question you've answered the question maybe asked another question and then they've just vanished and then they'll ask another question you're like i don't feel like this is a back and forth we're just answering your questions like it's a game show and i don't even know if i've won a prize that's what it feels like i just realized that with something that you said earlier about how nobody really reads the captions when you're scrolling on instagram you just see a picture you like you like it and then you keep going and stuff and i realized that we're always saying don't judge a book by its cover and that's exactly what we do on instagram If we like the image, we like it and keep going. If we don't like the image, we just keep scrolling. There's no like happy medium, really. Oh, man. But I mean, it is true because there are times where I do click on to the read more to see the full caption. And some people write like they just copy and paste their whole book in the comment. And I'm like, I'm not reading all of that. So I feel like, especially with Instagram, I mean, you could say this for any social media platform, but there is a certain sweet spot. And the sweet spot that you find may not be the exact same sweet spot as somebody else. So as Erin said, be genuine and just do you, do your own thing. I have to say also, because it's something I noticed on Instagram. And one of the things I found that made a difference was, you ever get that where you get people who just follow you? And then you go and look at them and you're like... 
you're a life coach living in Tuscany and you don't like cats and you don't read. Why are you following me? <laughs> and there seems to be this thing where, and I think originally when, when social media came on, it was like, someone followed you, so you followed them back. It's like, oh, I've got a follower. And I, I, I've obviously stopped doing that for a long time. But I get to the point now where I will go through my my followers list and I will purge it. It sounds really mean, like, like just get rid of you. But I, I do know a lot of people who still do the whole, if someone follows them, they follow them back. But the problem is you can end up with a lot of trite coming on your feed and it's so much nicer having people on your following list that you actually want to see and like seeing content that's really fun for you that actually engages and, and like catches your eye the only thing I don't like is if someone publishes four times a day because I get sick of seeing their stuff to the point where it's like you know what you could be selling me the next how to be a millionaire and it would actually work and I still don't want to see it I think how much you post is important. I mean, it's not even the, you know, oh, buy my book, buy my book. Have you bought my book? Do you want to buy my book? Here's my book. Have you bought my book? Bad enough. But even just the, the ones who don't do that, if you're posting like three times a day, and I'm not talking about Twitter, which you can take that. You know, I think they said like it only lasts like 18 minutes and then it goes down your feed. But if it's on Instagram, if you're posting like four or five times a day, every day, that's going to fill up people's feed. And I'll be honest, I get so sick of seeing the same person's crap, especially if they're repeating posts, which again, I know that can be done if you spread it out. But obviously the algorithm doesn't do it chronologically, I don't believe anymore on Instagram. So they could put up like four or five of the same image spread out over a month and you could see it constantly because the algorithm just keeps throwing it at you. That's my two cents. Please don't post multiple times a day on platforms that don't take it well. I will add that for those of you who don't know, because I fairly recently discovered this one, if you're on the Instagram app, you can click on the Instagram name in the top left corner, you know, assuming it's in the top left for everybody. And it will put the posts in chronological order for you. And it'll only show you the posts of who you're following. And judging from Ari's face right now, she did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. Why does yep. nobody tell me this shit? So instead of, instead of just going through like the regular feed and seeing one person you follow and then a suggested post because mm -hmm. one of your followers follows that person or whatever. And then you see six advertisements right in a row. Uh, yeah, you could just click the little thing. And I think it says following. Just click that. And it'll put all of your followers in order by, you know, the latest post. And it's glorious. I will say that when we were talking about how social media could have a negative impact earlier, uh, this is actually a really good point about that. Because I have heard of not just authors, but like people in general who are selling something specific or have a specific community that have one thing go viral. And suddenly they have 14,000 followers for a community that they're not supporting, they're not in. And that can really negatively affect your accounts. Because if you're trying to promote this really engaged, supportive community for something specific, and then all of a sudden you have some random person who like only likes sports and you're selling dog treats or something, your positivity really deteriorates from stuff like that. So definitely it's great. It's like, it feels good to have a ton of followers, but if they're not the followers that you want to be connected with, it's better not to have them. And so I'm very protective over who I'm following, but also who follows me. And most of the time it balances out because those like random followers I get after a couple of weeks, they just disappear anyways. <laughs> 
be intentional about who you're connecting with and don't don't fall for having 10,000 random people that don't really care about you or what you have to offer. I think that's one of the strong suits about Instagram is that you can obviously block people, but you can just go through who's following you and just have them unfollow you. And it doesn't notify them. You can just go through and quietly get rid of the people that you don't want. And I think that's great. We just need to get rid of those constant messages that say, promote this on, and you're like, please go away. With that, I think we will wrap this episode up. Erin, it has been great having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And before you go, would you like to share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? And obviously, you know, plug some links and things, you know, this is the best time to be shameless with your promotion. Yeah, for sure. So I'm EA White. I write books in the young adult sphere in the categories of fantasy, sci-fi, and contemporary. I've been a book coach, a mentor, and most commonly a marketing specialist. But most of all, I just love helping writers get their stories in the hands of active readers and creating that community. Currently, I'm brushing up on my skills to transition into editing as well. And I'm hoping to be able to offer those services probably late this year or early next year. So if you're looking for an editor, you can follow me for that. And you can find me most reliably on Instagram at EA White. I like the way you said active readers. That's such an important term because let's be honest, we all hoard books on our Kindles and our tablets and our bookshelves that we've had for decades or <clears throat> is that just me? And haven't read them. So having active readers, you know, people who actually will read your story is so much more important. Uh, yeah, we really need to think about that more. Okay, I've already forgot what I was doing. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast. All of Erin's links will be in the description below. So do check out her work. And obviously, when you're doing your editing, if you if you end up with a specific information website or a page, drop us the link. We'll add that too. In the meantime, we're going to turn it over to you guys. Do you feel writers need to be on social media? Let us know your answers in the comments so we can chat about it. Remember, we release new episodes every Wednesday. Next week, we're discussing therapeutic writing. To ensure you don't miss it, hit the subscribe button on your way out. As always, thanks for listening to the Merry Writer Podcast. See you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Writer's Block. We hate our brains. The music title Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0. 